Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 366. Today is April 8th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder money manager at investablewealth.com. Hey, we end the week with the stock market generally recovering from all the big fear and spike in volatility that happened earlier in the week. That's what we're going to talk about briefly in today's episode. I know there's a lot of negative Nellies out there. Over the last couple weeks, the big relief rally that we saw after the fear of the initial Ukraine invasion, well, that rally has pulled back and settled in some. We've especially seen the higher risk categories like the small cap stocks, the NASDAQ, and the cryptos, the bitcoins. Those have all sold off quite a bit in the last week or two. But let's look at the big picture here. S&P 500 is still firmly ahead of where it was before the Ukraine invasion. I don't know if the markets will be able to break out of all this nervousness, but what I do know, specifically focusing in on the S&P 500, is that it is sitting right now on a great deal of support, pretty much hovering right at the convergence of not only a very fast, exponential, short-term moving average, but also of the much more stable, long-term moving averages of 100-day and 200-day moving averages. It's right there in that support of all those conversion forces. So why all the panic this week especially and over the last two weeks generally? Well, earlier this week, when the stock market went into a tizzy and the VIX spiked up to, I think, got a little bit above maybe 25, what happened was is that the notes from the Federal Reserve FOMC meeting were released and Lyle Brainerd, who was being nominated to be the vice chair of the Federal Reserve, she came out with some very hawkish comments that the Federal Reserve would do whatever it took to battle inflation, and that went along with those notes from the FOMC meeting saying that had it not been for the Ukrainian invasion, that interest rates would have gone up 50 basis points instead of just 25, and not only is the Treasury reserves on the Federal Reserve balance sheet going to be run off at you know $75 billion a month, but maybe they're even going to take it up to $95 billion. And oh, by the way, they may even start whittling down and selling the mortgage-backed securities on the Federal Reserve balance sheet. Well, when all that news broke out, that's when you saw the S&P 500 plunge earlier in the week and the VIX shoot up to you know 25 or so. Well, you know what? To all that I say... So what? Number one, none of this is really new information. Number two, for Brainerd to come out with a hawkish stance is just nonsense. She's being nominated as vice chair of the Federal Reserve. She will likely be the next chair of the Federal Reserve once Jay Powell's term is over. So do you think that she's going to come out just before her nomination process Do you think that she's going to come out and say anything that isn't scripted, that isn't a prepared statement, that isn't a direct message from the political elites, which she is a member of and which she is most favored person status? She's speaking from exactly the script that they want you to hear and the actions that her and her Federal Reserve and everybody else in the system are taking are promoting exactly the agenda to keep kicking this economy down the road and making sure that we go into the midterm elections with a very prosperous U.S. economy and inflation 
not fully subdued, but at least in the decline and under control. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to actually make that all happen, but make no mistake, that's their playbook, and I think they have a really good chance of pulling it off. So I think that most of this gloom and doom is once again nothing more than the big money powers creating fear and apprehension, so they drive down prices, then they institute policy that promotes the agenda that they want, and they come in and buy prices when they're low, and then as the economy improves and the stock market goes up, they not only make money, but they also take credit for correcting a problem that never existed, or if it did exist, it's what they created to begin with. Look at Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He comes out this week on cue, and he talks about the challenges and the concerns over inflation and all the risks that he and the other business community have to navigate. And he does his big, long song and dance about how times are rocky, you know, we could be headed to recession, when meanwhile, virtually every policy that they're putting in place right now, from one, tightening the money supply and raising interest rates, to two, continuing to flood the economy with easy money in the form of the U.S. releasing their strategic oil reserves and Biden extending the moratorium on the student loan debt. All these little policies that on the one hand make money more expensive and on the other hand keep greasing the skids of the economy. Well, do you know what that is? That is a huge windfall profit for banks and for people like Jamie Dimon. So you think he's going to go on TV and say, hey, I'm fully in support of the monetary policies from the Federal Reserve and the fiscal policies from the Biden administration because what's most likely going to happen at the end of 2022 is that instead of making, oh, you know, $35 million or so like I made last year, I'll probably make 37 or 38 or maybe even $40 million this year. Of course he's not going to say that. And so he's going to go on TV and him and haw and talk about the challenging times and how we're on the brink of recession and it's going to take all these heroic efforts to slay that dragon of inflation. Listen, I think it's all nonsense. You look at last year, 2021, inflation was up 7%, but pre-tax corporate profits were up 25%. This year, FactSet is announcing that most analysts are actually increasing the corporate earning estimates for 2022 instead of decreasing them. So right now, if you look at proposed corporate earnings for 2022, you're going to get a price per earnings ratio on the S&P 500 that's somewhere around, you know, 19 and a half to maybe 20. Yes, high by long-term historical standards, but right in line with where the valuations have been in most recent years and still significantly less than the 36 or more times earnings on the 10-year treasury. And the 10-year Treasury, look at it, with the Federal Reserve pretty much doing nothing other than raising rates by a quarter of a basis point, they've now managed to talk the 10-year Treasury up to more than 2.7%. So I remain optimistic, despite all the negative headlines, I think it's nothing more than business as usual. And I continue to see a lot of great opportunities, not only in the stock market in general, 
but definitely in specific stocks and specific sectors of the economy. Well, hey, just my opinion. Until the next time, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.